What's up, guys? Welcome into the Modern Christian Dudes Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson alongside Funko Pop Greg Walden. How are you? Funko Pop Greg Walden, back in the house. Oh, Durin Cheerio. We we had a little break there last week, but we're getting back at it once again. So how was your Memorial Day? Oh, it was fun. Enjoying the nice time off from work and mowing. Did you do anything exciting over Memorial Day weekend? Uh, Well, we tried to go to Branson, but we went to Lambert's after church on uh, Sunday, and they had an hour and a half uh, wait. I'm like, nope, not sitting in line. (laughs) I noticed that the other day. We tried to go to Olive Garden. It was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and there was still like a 40-minute wait. Wow, it's just crazy. Anyway, it, we ended up saying yes, and we stayed there because we had a gift card. But we also, what was really hilarious is that they were out of everything. Oh, really? They're like, oh, wow. uh, we're out of this, we're out of this. And then we ordered dessert at the end. We're like, hey, we'll get this cheesecake. Oh, we're out of that cheesecake. <laughs> and they gave gave us a piece of another cheesecake, two pieces for free, so interesting. But it goes to my theory of Olive Garden, for those of you, we're diving right into it right away. Olive Garden is that they don't really make anything. It's all prepackaged stuff, so. Yep. When they say they're out of things, it's like, well, why don't you just make it? Well, we're out of it. Why? Because it's just a yeah, we, a cheesecake that comes in the truck yeah, that they didn't make. Yeah, we to come in. <laughs> I saw his joke with uh, Olive Garden. It's like, when you've been there, have you ever heard like any cooking actually going on? They just put it in the microwave and bring it to you. It's my theory, at least. You're probably right. So, uh, Modern Christian Dudes, what'd you do this? Did you cook out? Did you grill? Did you try to go to a restaurant like we did? But uh, I know one thing happened. Funko Pop Greg Walden. Oh, what we got to get this. Excuse me. For just a second. The hit okay. song, Funko Pop Greg like Walden. Chase. I do know one thing happened this Memorial Day weekend. That's right. <laughs> that Funko Pop Greg Walden bought some Funko Pops. I know that for sure. Why? Because I myself went to Vintage Stock the other day. And I was like, hey, I got to run in there. It's buy two, get one three. And so I was trying to complete... What you see back here, my Mount Rushmore of NBA Funko Pops. That is LeBron James, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Michael Jordan. That is my Mount Rushmore of NBA guys. It's my my Mount Rushmore. Those I believe those are the four best players of all time. And who did I see at Vintage Stock? Funko Pop, Greg Walden. That's right. You actually saw my wife. <laughs> I was just a I was just a uh, pack mule. So here's the story. Here's the story. Slight, slightly, ever so slightly exaggerated, but not too bad. I walk into vintage stock. I knew what I wanted, so I'm like, I'm not here to look around. I know exactly what I need. I need Larry Bird. I need Magic Johnson because my Magic Johnson got destroyed by my son, and I need Magic Johnson or excuse me. Michael Jordan. I just need buy two, get one free. That's all I need. Boom. I'm good to go. So I'm walking to the back with purpose. And who do I see? Funko Pop Greg Walden with an armful of Funko Pops. And I'm like, what's up, Greg? And as soon as he sees me, he like throws all of the Funko Pops in his arm at Michelle. Like he was caught <laughs> red-handed. Like they were. I was like, oh, oh, no, no. These are Michelle's, not mine. They actually were Michelle's. <laughs> I was the back deal. <laughs> So that's the story is he tried to, he tried to like throw Michelle under the bus as if it was all her and not him. It was her. <laughs> okay. Did you get any, you got zero Funko Pops? Well, she did get me the Jabberjaw <laughs> one because that was the free one. That she all got. right. So anyway, yeah, you can't really see it in the back too well background there, but you can slightly see it. Uh, my Mount Rushmore, LeBron James in order, in my order, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, sweet. So there you go. Do you have, uh, or do you have a Mount Rushmore of NBA guys? Uh, no, not not really into the uh, sports okay. ones. <laughs> I'm like the Star Wars and 
in the uh, like old classic cartoon cartoon ones. All right. So, and if you are are watching online, I did get this gifted. I did not spend my money. I have in my hand a Elon Musk bobblehead doll that was gifted to me by a good friend. Shout out to Harrison for giving that to me. It says the boring company on the back, which is one of his companies, many companies. So there you go. Now you will see in the modern Christian dudes backdrop, the uh, Elon Musk bobblehead. I'll keep it right here for today. So that's a little bit of what happened over the weekend. So anyway, let's let's dive into it. We're dudes talking news, sports, and God. Uh, let's talk a little bit things that's going on over the weekend. Here's the first one I wanted to bring up is that we're getting back into live sports. And speaking of NBA, we're having we're in the NBA playoffs. It's the first round right now. But what's happening, Funko Pop, Greg Walden, is there's been a lot of issues with fans. Uh, some uh, have been kicked out because of the slurs, racial slurs. Some have been kicked out because they've been throwing bottles. And then the other day, a fan was kicked out because he ran on the court during the game and got tackled. So oh, here's man. my issue I want to bring up to you. Where are you guys, where are you modern Christian dudes at in terms of this thinking? Um, what do you think of sideline fans? Is that something we should just get rid of post-pandemic? Should we get rid of sideline fans? I don't know, I mean, just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have no problem with people going to the game stuff, but you know, obviously there's people that get kind of rowdy and stupid and, Obviously, they do it for the money, right? Because those sideline tickets are going to be massive amounts of money. But I'm kind of now in favor of like, I think the fans are way too close. I'm surprised nothing more dangerous has happened. You know what I'm saying? Because like in an NBA game, the fans are right there. Yeah. I mean, a fan, if they wanted to, they could just like trip LeBron. They could, or whoever, Steph, whoever your favorite player is. You know what I'm saying? They could do something like that. I'm surprised more of that has not happened. So this player, this guy the other night, he kind of runs out and was just, he was clearly trying to get attention, obviously. Right. Uh, and he didn't really hurt anyone. Nothing bad happened. But he goes on the court, and it was pretty funny. The security guard out of nowhere just tackles him and takes him down. Very nice tackle. Shout out to that security guard. Um, yeah. But Well, you see it even in the NFL. It's once or twice a season somebody gets on the field and runs down the, runs around the field and stuff, and they have to tackle him. So, I mean, it happens almost every sport where some yeah, most I would imagine about ninety percent of the time that alcohol has something to do with is somewhere in the equation. Yeah, so I was munching on that the other day. I'm like, is it time? You know, are fans too close? If I was an NBA player, I'd be a little bit uncomfortable having all these fans like right next to you like that, knowing that they're with the arm's reach view and could do that. So anyway, because that's really the close. I was trying to think that is the sport that has the fans closest to. You know, the NFL, they're yeah. they're farther away. I mean, an NFL fan, if he jumped the rail or jumped over, he's going to have to run through coaches and players on the sideline, and, they, and it's going to take a little effort to get there. Well, some of those players uh, actually – Baseball. Some of those players actually – people like, sign this guy. This guy's pretty quick. Yeah. You know? So, anyway, there you go. What's your take, modern Christian dudes, in terms of the fans, where they should be structured, where they should be seated – especially as fans now get back into it. But it is kind of weird. It very is very much weird to see now fans, get, you know, we've gotten acclimated all this pandemic junk that uh, it's almost kind of weird to see fans back in the games. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I like seeing fans and, you know, you know, obviously I mean, you build all those stadiums and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, just put it, fill the stadium. Amen. All right. So let's move on to the next one. I found this interesting. This one, we don't talk a lot of Olympic diving. 
on the Modern Christian Dudes podcast? No, we don't. Yeah, but we're going to today. That's right. Uh, I just, I found this article. It says, I just learned why Olympic divers take showers after each dive, and it makes a lot of sense. So I do watch the Olympics when it comes to that time of year. And have you ever noticed that divers, they're like always taking showers, like right when they get done and they're in the hot tub and all that kind of thing. Have you ever noticed that? Well, this article talks about that. I found it a little bit interesting. It says, as much as I love watching Olympic diving, I've never understood why athletes scurry off to the showers and then proceed to chill in the hot tub after each dive. They're already wet. They're only in the pool for a handful of seconds. So it's not like they need to get cleaned up. And doesn't taking a shower and soaking in a hot tub serve the same purpose? And that's coming from someone who swam competitively and knows the importance of warm-ups and cool down. So what's the deal? As it turns out, showers and hot tubs are used pretty interchangeably on the pool deck. However, there's a need for both. First, let's start with why divers need to rinse off between dives. It has to do with body temperature and keeping their muscles loose. As you can imagine, doing practice dives in the pool, then having to keep your body warm in a shower, then plunging off a 10-meter platform into cold water isn't the best feeling in the world. Going back and forth between these warm and cold, cool temperatures can cause a diver's muscles to tense up or cramp up, which leads, can lead to muscle strain and spasms. Showers allow an Olympic diver to recover and avoid potential injury. In that same way, showers and hot tubs serve the same purpose. The shower walls on the pool deck can typically accommodate more divers, and they usually, they're especially helpful for athletes who need to stretch or who only have a few minutes between dives, just like Olympic swimmers rely on parkas to keep their muscles warm. Olympic divers rely on these cool down methods to stay loose. If you ask me, it's not a bad way to pass the time. So it's all about muscles and staying loose. There you go. Okay. Well, that's interesting to know. I, didn't, <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. Next time you're watching the Olympics, you're like, you know, they dive, then they like go in the hot tub, take a shower. You're like, what are, why, why did they, I have thought that before. So that's why I read the article. I'm informed. I'm educated now. So I'm an edge. Now we're diving experts a little bit more acclimated just in case we're asked to cover that the next Olympics. We don't, we're as the modern Christian dudes, we're not for sure potentially what our next role could be. I'm hoping to be in the Olympics. I mean, mean, we are, uh, you know, covers of sports. So I wouldn't imagine that there might be an email or a phone call, et cetera. Hey, modern Christian dudes, we need you. They'll probably have us do uh, what's the weirdest Olympic sport. I don't know, but I'm I'm hoping that we get to cover the uh, hot dog eating contest. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, hot dog eating. We need to look up that information. That's coming down the pipe. We that's the one we need to do in honor of our boy, uh, Luckley Sheppens, aka Kelly Stevens. Okay, uh, one more bit of news here. I'm turning it over to you in just a second. This one I've been waiting to present to you literally all week long. Funko Pop, Greg Walden. It is coming out, ladies and gentlemen. The 2022 Ford F-150 Lightning all electric pickup truck. Nice. Have did you know this? I saw the uh, I saw one of the uh, promo videos. Okay, all electric, all F one fifty F series is America's best selling truck for forty four years for a reason. That's right. Funko Pop Greg Walden not only has lots of Funko Pops, but he has a Ford F one fifty, and now it's charging into the future with the all new all electric twenty twenty two Ford F one fifty Lightning. It's the first ever F series that's gas free. Shout out to you. Joe Biden and offers more purposeful technology and elevated driving experience and trusted built for tough capability, offering an ingenious and array of connected intelligent features with over the air software update to help ensure your truck can get even better over time. Funko pop, Greg Walden, break it down for me. Supposedly can also power your house too in the case of a power outage. Okay, so let's look at some of the notes here. It says 100% electric. We went beyond building an all-electric F-150. We created the smartest, most connected F-150 Ford has ever built, packed with all the advantages that zero emissions 
propulsion offers from nearly instantaneous torque to forward intelligent backup power connected services to intelligent range it's a strong capable look what's to come uh f-150 so forward intelligent backup power security and peace of mind are invaluable during severe weather and unpredictable events that's why ford helps ensure that you never have to worry about being left in the dark the all-electric f-150 lightning features available forward intelligent backup power that can provide full home power for up to three days on a fully charged battery so there's the home power that's crazy okay what else we got here uh so bunch of stuff going down is this going to be better than the cybertruck i would think so but 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 it'll be just as expensive okay the price is on here let's roll down to the price and and they're copying the cybertruck in that they are saying uh if you put a hundred dollars down all you need funko pop greg walden that's only nine funko pops uh you so for a hundred dollars down do today you can reserve your 2022 Ford F-150 Lightning starting at $39,974. Oh, really? That's not that bad. That's actually uh, about okay. the way the regular F-150 would start I'm, out. I'm online right now. Should we order it? Well, no. Location, <laughs> dealer name, 6-4. Reserve now. 2022. Let's get out your credit card here, Funko Pop Greg Walden. Yeah, I don't think my uh, credit card's that bad, man. <laughs> place order beginning fall of 2021. First shipments beginning spring of 2022. Hey, you're going to be waiting a while. So, yeah, but I'm kind of interested. Are they going to get these pumped out ahead of the Cybertruck? Well, the problem is, like, this year, they're having a hard time getting this year's uh, because of the chip. So, I wonder if the same issue is going to affect this because, obviously, it's got computers, too. Yeah. There you go. I thought that would just get you all hyped up even more than a Funko Pop, Greg Walden, the 2022 Ford F-150 Lightning. Yeah, I'm I'm not really sold on the electric vehicles yet. I mean, I do a lot. I mean, be, I'm kind of excited to see the technology. But, again, I mean, you know, if you're going from a coast-to-coast trip, I mean, eventually you're going to have to charge this thing. And then you're going to stop and wait for it to charge and all that stuff. So, I mean, again, I mean, I, I'm kind of, like, optimistically kind of. There, you know, Funko Pop, Greg Walton, there's charging stations all over America now. Hundreds. Right. On major interstates. But, again, when you're on a long trip, do you want to wait eight hours to get gas? Well, get electric, electricity, but still. Well, as long as you take to go to the bathroom sometimes, yes, it'd be totally fine. Yeah, my, my <laughs> evens out in the wash, maybe. <laughs> so, it's only like 20 minutes to charge it, I think, is my understanding, at that, the supercharger. Really? Yeah, supercharging that, stations are 20 minutes. Well, see, that, at least for Teslas. Yeah. Well, I don't, yeah. So, if they can get it where... Where you can, it basically takes the same time to recharge it than it would be get gas, and they have the infrastructure, and, and then you don't have to worry about yeah, buying I feel, gas. I feel again. like we need to get Joe Biden on the line right now to talk to talk you through this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we need President President Joe Biden. Come on, walk, Funko wake up, Pop Joe, <laughs> wake up, Joe. We're calling <laughs> <laughs> and get him through this. Okay, what you got over there, Funko Pop, Greg Walden? Right. En- enough of making fun of you. Okay. All right. Um, just if you're ever in uh, your local, um, uh, I just forgot the name of the store. Was the vintage stock? Vintage Be stock. on alert for Funko Pop, Greg Walden. My wife keeps, <laughs> my wife keeps calling. Uh, uh, anyway, so, so here's something kind of. Oh, like, she was she calling about the show or what? Here, I don't know. She, I don't think I don't think she realizes I'm doing the show right now, so she's calling. Okay, probably, she's probably on break at work. Um, anyways, the 25 funniest newspaper headlines of all time, but I won't read them all. But here's some. Uh, Cool uh, headlines that you get when you see the news. Like the first one says, forecasters call for weather on Monday. 
<laughs> but they make no promises about Tuesday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Enjoy the weather on Monday while you have it. Because the rest of the week could have no atmosphere whatsoever. All righty, let's see. Next one. Cows lose their jobs as milk prices drop. Oh. Poor cow. <laughs> but, dang, you can always get a job in the, as a steak. Uh, miracle cure kills fifth patient. <laughs> oh, uh, here we go. Uh, state population to double by the year 2040. Babies to blame. That's an Einstein one. Uh, here we go. Breathing oxygen linked to staying alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Here we go. Most, most earthquake damage is caused by shaking. That guy graduated. Yeah. Right? Federal agents, yes. <laughs> federal agents raid Whoa. gun shop, find weapons. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Wow. We was hoping to find some Barney toys, but no, nope, we found weapons. All right. So anyways, there's some <laughs> funny, funny headlines there. Uh, anything else there, Funko Pop, Greg Walden? No, I don't have anything. Okay. Here's what we're going to dive into our spiritual talk today. Modern Christian dudes, dudes talking news, sports, and most importantly, God. So anyway, today, Funko Pop, Greg Walden. I've said that like a million times. But I was in Second Second Samuel chapter 1, uh, and I'm not going to read all of this, the whole chapter, but it's basically Second Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 to 15. And it basically starts off with the death of Saul, where okay. Saul and Jonathan are killed in war. And as they are, David, basically it's David hears about it. So he has this Amalekite that comes back from battle to tell him about like, hey, Saul and Jonathan are dead. And I think that the Amalekite was thinking like David's going to be excited because, you know, Saul's dead and it's like, well, I can be king now and everything. So, but we know in the Bible that uh, Saul and uh, specifically Jonathan and David were like boys, you know what I'm saying? They were like best friends. And the Bible would even say in this chapter, uh, when he when he finds that out, David's like, I love him greater than any love. You know, it, the Bible says, it's interesting, you got to go into the, the Bible study because it's like, I love him more, uh, I should read it. Uh, where's it at? I can't find it. But basically, he's like, I love, I, I have a deeper love than a, him than I've had for a woman, but it wasn't talking about a sexual kind of love. It was just this deep bond of friendship yeah. that he had with Jonathan. And so anyway, the Amalekite was kind of... Um, giving this story, David's like, what happened? He's like, well, you know, I I came up to him in battle and he was on the verge of death and Saul told me to take his sword and just kill him, you know? So I did it. And that's the story he pitches to David. Well, David is not happy about this. He's furious. So they, like in the, in the old, old Testament, they tear their clothes. They're super sad. They go into mourning for the whole day, but then they, uh, what go happens at the end of this passage is David kills the Amalekite. Oh, wow. Because he's basically like David asked him, uh, and he says this in verse 14 he says, why were you not afraid to lift your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed verse 15? Then David called one of the men and said, go strike him down. So he struck him down and he died for David had said to him, your blood be on your own head, your own mouth testified against you when you said, I killed the Lord's anointed. And so this Amalekite ends up getting killed by David because the Amalekite thought he was going to get some kind of reward. Okay. He basically thought he was going to get blessed for being the one to bring this news because he thought it was going to be good news to David. But here's the thing is if you scroll back to 1 Samuel chapter 31, that's not what happened. He lied. Oh, okay. He didn't kill Saul. What actually happened was Saul uh, was on the verge of death and fell on his own sword yeah, himself. Yeah. And then his servants 
all fell on their swords and died. So the Amalekite, this Amalekite lied. Goodness. Because he was hoping, number one, he came back. Number one, he's hoping David, David would be happy that Saul's dead and that he has victory. But because David was a man of God, he's not happy. He's sad. He's torn apart because that was, he, David respected God's anointed, which is a great lesson there. But then he wanted to take credit because he was hoping maybe there'd be some kind of reward or he would be celebrated. And so here's the moral of the story, which I've been munching on this morning, is uh, don't ever take credit for something that's not your own. Right. There's, you know, sometimes we can take credit for things that we did not do and that are not, are not ours to take credit for. And we hope that by lying or taking credit for something, that somehow it's going to bring about a good result for us. And it's just not the reality. So number one, it's an issue of character. It's an issue of honesty that we learn to not take credit for things that we shouldn't take credit for. But number two, as modern Christian dudes, the real moral of the story is that we should give God all the credit. Yes. Is that God deserves the credit in our lives. So when, when things happen for our favor or for our good, it's because God gets the credit. Yes. So, you, you know, for you, you know, you take it in context of you, you could say, man, I got a good job. I'm blessed. You know, uh, God has provided for me. I have a house. I, it, it, you know, you could take it one of two ways. You could say, well, it's because I'm a good worker because I'm really smart. Or you could say, no, I'm going to give God the credit. Right. I'm going to give God the credit for what I have and who I've become in my life. Well, it's real easy to do because you're, you're again, I mean, you know, people, tend to like, well, they work hard, they do this, and then things fall into place. And it's an easy trap to get into. I mean, a lot of people get into it, but here's the thing is, yeah, yeah, I worked hard, but God gave me the talent. God gave me the opportunities. Yep. God opened the doors. So everything that I've accomplished is because God gave me the talent, gave me the building, gave me the open doors to go through. And, and, and his, his, his word teaches me how to, conduct myself at work. Mm -hmm. Like I work for my boss, like I'm working for God. So when I log on, my boss is, you know, Hey, I need to do this. I'm not looking at as my boss telling me to do this. I'm looking at God telling me to do this. And so my attitude is I'm working for him. Like I would work for God. And because I'm doing that, keeping, keeping that attitude that God will, will bless me. And, and those blessings come because I'm going to honor God in everything I do. And, and how I conduct myself at, at work. So everything, again, everything is God. God gets to glory on everything. Yeah. Even, you know, the Bible would say, like Galatians, I'm looking up a couple quick, says, may I never boast except in the cross. And you know, David, or excuse me, Paul understood, like, I'm going to boast in the Lord because of who I am, how he's changed my life. My boasting, I'm only going to boast in one thing. I'm going to boast in the Lord. Yep. In other words, I'm going to give God credit. Yes. For my life and the goodness and the things that I have in my life. I will boast in my Lord and boast in the Lord. And then the, the final thing, which I'll bring up is talking about, uh, it's interesting that uh, issue of Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Yeah. So when we learn the value or the principle of giving God credit, he does give us credit back. He credits us. What does he credit us for? He credits us for our faith our belief and our willingness to follow him. And God will credit us back for that, but we still never take the credit, you know? Right. 
That's what, you know, God will credit righteousness back to us for our life lived of faith. But then the other interesting um, nuance to that, as I was reading through that, is that that crediting of Abraham for his willingness to step out in faith happened before, not after. Yeah. So after, you know, after, it's not like, so Abraham steps out in faith, God blesses him, then he gets credited. He got credited for his faith before yeah, because he's willing to say, like, even if I don't see the end result, I'm still going to step on faith, and God honors that kind of faith. So, the moral of the story is we should wake up every day, and say, God, I'm going to give you the credit for my life, but I'm also going to give, I'm, and I'm going to boast in you. I'm going to give, I'm going to make sure people know that the things I have in my life, the goodness that I have in my life, is because of you. Yes, but then I'm also I'm going to give you credit even before the day even begins. Yep, and we're going to give, give God credit for all of eternity because remember, when we get to heaven, we're going to get crowns. So what we're going to do with them? Lay them at Jesus' feet. Yeah, amen. So, hey, don't take the credit. It's easy as guys that we want to get the glory. We want to get the credit, but we got to make sure that we give it all to Jesus. So, anyway, amen? Yes. All right, Modern Christian Dudes, so grateful to join you on this technically Memorial Day, post-Memorial Day weekend. You guys are awesome. It's myself, Jeremiah Johnson, Funko, Pop, Greg, Walden. Talk to you guys next time.